Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. That that you guys, if you have not been on the old TikTok, if you have not been on Instagram or any social media, that is the song that the All Star Housewives, the Housewives All Stars in Turks and Caicos, uh, Melissa Gorka released a TikTok video this week with all of the Housewife All Stars, and that is the song that was playing. In the beginning of it, I had to find that. I had to play it for you guys. It was so exciting. If you guys haven't seen the TikTok, do yourself a favor and go search it down. It's it's on so many Bravo accounts on Instagram. And each one of the ladies 
you know, Melissa probably set this up because she's the only one that knows how to do proper TikTok. And by the way, when I say proper TikTok, I hate myself. I mean, proper TikTok, there should be no TikTok. Regardless, there's one person that steals the show, and that's Miss Ramona Singer. She is doing some sort of uh, luau kind of move. I, it's very charming. How? I mean, nobody is doing it like Ramona does. And I want to remind everybody, Tuesday... Season premiere, Real Housewives of New York. Are you guys as excited as I am? We get to see my lovely Leah. Let's see if she has that second season curse. Um, but uh, today, of course, we have Sophie Ross with the uh, the Pop Culture Roundup. Uh, we just always have the best time talking. She's great. She's so fun to bounce off of. And you know what's funny about her is that I'll go like an hour and a half, and it it feels like we didn't even scratch the surface. It, you know, but anyways, we talk about Summer House, we talk about Billie Eilish, we talk about Real Housewives of New York, Housewives All-Stars, Mauricio, PK. I mean, we really, we, we do Benefer, the return of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. We've got a lot of good stories in this, so I'm excited for you to hear it. Before we do, I'm gonna, I want to do a um, kind of an extended uh, what to watch this week because I didn't get to do it last week. Uh, once again, thank you so much for all the birthday wishes. Thank you for all the reviews. Uh, you sure know how to make a guy uh, feel special. Thank you. Oh, also, this is huge. I did a summer house recap. So I didn't do Friday's episode. But what I did was on Saturday, I released a two plus hour summer house finale recap. And that is just straight summer house. I know some of you guys don't want summer house, so you might not like it. But um, I but we do me and Emily Clayton, we do tell a lot of I think some personal stories in there. So it might be, you know, it might be fun regardless, because we go into a bunch of different directions. And I wanted to make up for not having Friday. Now, usually Summer House is on the Patreon. Welcome. Uh, hello, Patreon baddies. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so part two of the Summer House reunion will only be on Patreon. But please go uh, sign up if you have a couple extra bucks a month. Uh, we just started Real Housewives of Miami Season 2 with Maritza Lopez. And that was amazing. We're recording Episode 2 tomorrow. And I just love Real Housewives of Miami so much. I think you guys would really dig it if you followed along. And me and Kate Legago do the entire season of Real Housewives of Dallas. So, yeah, if that's your thing, go. I mean, we have over 100 plus episodes over there now, which is just insane. Um, okay, th enough commercial. I do want to make a correction. We did have a conversation um, on the podcast on Summer House where I had said we, we ended up on some for some reason, on Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, baby. Woo, it's me, Caitlyn. Um, and I was saying, I was talking about not, um, I don't, uh, not knowing as much about uh, transsexuals and trans rights and things like this. I'm very, uh, I'm in full support of it, but I'm just not aware of things. And I wanted to know more about like the feelings uh, that somebody has going through that. And, and, uh, you know, these were really honest um, uh, opinions from me, and I, I wasn't meaning or wasn't meaning to hurt anybody's feelings if I did. I'm so sorry. But somebody had written, uh, a listener wrote me, and a very nice listener, um, and she just said, um, uh, you know, for, she said, for example, using, quote, transsexual, asking after details of timing or progress of their transition or confirmation and whether or not they regret um, uh, any part of their surgery is extremely personal. It falls into the category of this should be offered by that person rather than the us, me, cis, non-trans folks 
asking after it. And I thought that was really interesting. I had no idea that, you know, I mean, now that I think about it, it's probably polite to not ask anybody, you know, what they've gone through and let them offer it up. And yeah, I mean, we've talked many times on this podcast um, about, you know, even even in these Bravo characters like Tiffany Moon and stuff like that, like what a drag it must be to have to part of your job be explaining to Brandy Redman on Dallas, you know, what it means to potentially be Asian American. Like that's a heavy shoulder, heavy burden to shoulder. Um, so if I offended anybody by that, I, I and even this person knows I was meaning good. It was just that I was just kind of interested in that. But I mean, that's what the internet is for. And I can find that out. So, uh, and it's just, you know, with, with these things, it's good to learn and it's good to be receptive too. you know, like that, uh, DM, I, I was very happy. Somebody reached out about that, you know, I mean, cause when you're not looking to offend somebody, you can take criticism pretty easy, you know, or you can take, uh, I think of them like, like helpful pointers, you know, and, and this is, you know, it's such a different time and there's so many things coming at us, but it's at the end of the day, I feel like I know me personally, I want to respect everybody, you know, and I also want to understand everything or understand people and, and, and what motivates them and, you know, their struggles and things like that. But of course that is not up to anyone to teach me, you know, um, but anyways, I just wanted to point that out real quick because that just uh, that that podcast just came out on Saturday, and uh, I had expressed that in there. Okay, okay, that's that. Business is done. How are you guys? Are you guys? Did you have a good weekend? Places are opening up like mad. I was talking about this with Sophie. Is that I say this every week, but like we got to warm up, you guys. I feel like we're throwing ourselves in the deep end and. We're going to get a lot of brutal hangovers, a lot of potential hookups that are not necessary. Um, I, I'm just asking everybody, be safe. You know, a lot of you guys probably even have my phone number. So if, before you hook up with a guy or a girl and you're really drunk, give me a text and even at least say, hey, is this a good idea? And that way I can just walk you through it. Uh, I personally don't know anything about anything, but I would be happy to decide if you should or shouldn't sleep with somebody. That's really always the, the, the position I've wanted to be in. And I feel if that can happen because of this pandemic, win-win, right? <laughs> win-win. Um, no, but like, it is weird, you know, going out. I went out on Saturday and I, it was, it was too loud. My ears, I'm you, my sensitive little ears, you guys. I was shocked about the loudness of being outdoors or like I just forgot what it's like to be in a loud bar, restaurant, club, you know, that kind of thing. So it kind of like was like, ooh. so it's like we really do have to. It's kind of like, you know, I watch those uh, those people that hike and they're always wearing like ankle brace, ankle weights. And then I guess the point of that is just to make them stronger. So when they take off the ankle weights, it's like, Ooh, look at me. I'm so fast. I feel like we're having to like put on ankle weights to go out to try to get us strong again. Um, I don't know. Anyways, I just have a feeling it's going to be a shit show. So good luck out there. Uh, I'm here if you need me, but I'm like, Ooh, where's my room and my DVR? That's my true friends that will never leave me. Um, But guys, so we are in the month of May. Can you believe that? Tomorrow, I have a feeling we're already going to be at Christmas time or something. Uh, But we have in May, 
I think this is so exciting. We have so many gifts coming to us in May. And of course, I'm talking about TV shows. If you guys are wanting to stay indoors, May has given us every reason to never face society again. Almost too much reason. So let me give you Bravo's May schedule. Now, of course, we know Bravo TV, the network, the thing that we all love. Uh, They announced a May schedule. And so Watch What Happens Live is doing their Bravo Party Week. May 3rd through May 9th, and I'll tell you what that is all about. These are special Watch What Happens Live, Watch What Happens Live episodes. Really, uh, you know, they really went out of their way to do some really cool things, and I, I'm I'm very, uh, I'm just extremely excited to see what they do. So. Um, tonight is not included in that. So we start this on Monday and Monday at 10, we have Bravo's blasts from the past. We have Sebastian from NYC prep. Uh, we have Jonathan Anton from blowout. Uh, we have, uh, Patty Stanger. We have, uh, ladies from London. I mean, this is really cool. I cannot wait. And I hope these are hour long episodes now on Tuesday, Remember, it's the premiere of Real Housewives of New York, but then Watch What Happens Live. We have all of the ladies on Watch What Happens Live. We have the new cast member, Ebony, Leah, Luann, Ramona, and Sonia. Come on. Great, right? Wednesday. Why, but, but Bravo, you should be paying me. This is insane. Bravo um, on Wednesday at 10 has the Real House Husbands of New Jersey. Uh, we have all the husbands that we know and love. Even Evan will be there. Uh, no word if Teresa's current boyfriend will be there, but uh, I, I'm really excited to see that as well. They just have a really good chemistry. It'll be they'll probably be wasted and teasing each other about showing each other butts and boob butts and penises. Did you guys see Jersey this week? I don't talk a lot about Jersey, but. Um, there was a thing where Frank Catania lost a bet and had to kiss uh, Joe Gorga's bear behind. And I've heard from a lot of my male friends that it was a very erotic scene uh, from for them, uh, my, my gay male friends, and good for you. Joey Gorga has as smooth of a behind as you would think. And I, I, I don't know. I, I'm charmed by them. But then at the end of the episode, you guys on Jersey, Joey Gorga was a flipping dipshit and told Dolores that she was like a broken woman because of Frank Catania and it's affecting her relationships. And that's why she's in the bad relationship with David. Oh, my God, you guys. I just had this image of somebody listening to this podcast accidentally never watching Bravo and being like, what the hell is this man talking about? But, yeah, Joey Gorga told uh, Dolores that um, she was broken. And if I was Dolores, I would have fucking took a champagne bottle, cracked it and cracked it over his skull. Like who the fuck tells a woman to their face that they're broken? And it's like, Oh, toots, you're welcome for the, you're welcome for the comment. You know, come on, I'm helping you. I love you. You're broken woman though. Like that's what he's so, he's such a terrible. And you know what? I, I'm going to say it allegedly what I allegedly, think, what I allegedly think is that man's on steroids of some sort? I yeah. I by the way, doing steroids don't, don't make you a bad person. But come on, you can't get that kind of body. You can't get that jacked. There's just no way. Please, there is no way that happens. It has to be more than just hard work. Um, <laughs> I feel like if Joe Gorga hears this, he's gonna make some bad Instagram post of like, they're gonna tell you you're not tough, but you are tough by just showing up every day. Just you, no roids. Um, 
but overall, New Jersey is kind of here and there for me. Uh, there's good scenes. I just don't, you know, I'm not into it as some other shows. And then Thursday at 11.15, um, not 10, 11.15, we have another blast from the past with Real Housewives. Um, this is so cool. Jill Zarin. Uh, oh, my gosh. We have some really, we got some powerhouses in here. I Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Sorry, you're like, what is he? Oh my god, I'm just. We have Gretchen, Gretchen from OC coming back. I wonder how she's going to face tune herself when she's live on TV. Does that technology exist? Oh, it does, Chloe. Um, but I do wonder. I mean, but anyways, we we have cast members from um, each of the. <laughs> we have even Cindy Barshop from Real Housewives of New York, so that's going to be amazing. And then Sunday, next Sunday. The Real House Kids of Bravo. And we talked about this many times. Gia, um, uh, even Brooks Marks will be there. So I can't wait to see how they all interact. The only thing that sucks about this, and I love, I love that they're doing this, but it kills me that they're not doing it in person. These are the episodes that you would just die because you want to see them all interact. It's really special to see them, of course, through video and talking about the past. What would be even cooler, you guys, and what I hope for in the future is that you want to see that interpersonal connection with them on the set and this week on andy's uh instagram he was posting stories of the first time being in uh back in his watch what happens live office in a long time and that was really exciting like one of my goals uh this is so potentially sad one of my goals or bucket lists is to be in the watch what happens live audience live not like you know digitally but you know in the audience that would be super cool um, make a wish foundation, make it happen. You guys. Um, okay. So that is the watch what happens live, but then you guys, what's, what's else is on Bravo. You ask, well, get ready. Hold on to your coal mining asses. Uh, real housewives of Dallas reunions on May 4th and May 11th. That will start this Tuesday. Uh, summer house reunion part two, May 6th bravo's chat room which is on after watch what happens live it says finale may 9th now finale i suspect this could be a series finale because they've never expressed having seasons um but the last time they did take a break kate chastain chastain did not come back to the show so we'll see if this show comes back at all if there's any uh retooling a lot of people have said hannah won't be coming back who knows? So we'll find out. Um, Shaw's of Sunset, you guys. Shaw's premiere is May 16th. Does everybody have their calendar? Do we have to... Wait, Vicky, do we have to stop for you while you get a pin? Okay, we'll stop. Sorry, Vicky. I just, I see her in her car. She always forgets her pin, you know. Okay. Okay, you good? Okay. Um, <laughs> Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, May 19th and May 26th. That's fascinating. Fascinating. How do you do it only... I mean, that kind of means the season was a wash in a lot of ways. Even Real Housewives of Atlanta, which I thought did not have a stellar season at all, has three reunion episodes. The final one is going to be on next Sunday, and they continue the Bolo conversation. But New Jersey, only two reunions? 519 and 526? That's wild. Um, Real Housewives of New York premiere, of course, Tuesday. Uh, married to... Um, Oh, Million Dollar Listing, New York, May 6th. So that's this Thursday, you guys, after Summer House. Real Housewives of New Jersey finale, May 12th. And the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere, May 19th. We get to see how they handle Erica Jane. Holy shit. 
I prayed to little baby Jesus, um, you know, in April. And I said, dear little baby Jesus, could you please, uh, you know, world peace and all that stuff. But then after that, could you possibly make a huge May month for Bravo? And I feel like me praying to little baby Jesus helped this. Um, Ryan, maybe you're like, Ryan, I don't even like Bravo. Could you give me something that isn't Bravo? And I'm like, okay, but why are you listening? But if you want other things, let me give you some other things. This is from Los Angeles Times, What to Watch This Week. Um, I thought this was, I love late night TV, or I loved it when I was growing up, and I think it's fascinating, the machinations of what goes on behind the scenes. Um, but CNN um, has the story of late night. Um, they're, they're doing a show called The Story of Late Night, profiling like David Letterman, Johnny Carson, all of that stuff. I, I, I don't know. For me, I geek out about stuff like that. So who knows? Maybe you might like that. You're like, Ryan, I don't. What else? Okay, so the FX show Pose is back for its third and final season. Now, this is a show that comes highly recommended to me. It is on my list of shows to watch. I keep this really long list. If anybody ever tells me to watch something, I add it to this list. And there are so many gems on there that you would yell at me so hard if you knew I hadn't seen. Guess what I just finished last night? Atlanta. Donald Glover, not Real Housewives. I got to tell you... I am so embarrassed that I had written off Atlanta because I fell asleep through the first two episodes. And somehow in my mind, I had told myself, this isn't a good show. You don't, you won't like it. So just don't, I don't know what the fuck possessed me. But anyways, I read so much stuff saying how good it was. So I went back and tried it and I fell in love with it. It's just so good. I sometimes think Donald Glover might be a little full of himself and just childish Gambino, his music alter ego. But I got to tell you, man, he writes and produces and directs some of this. And I just think it is so good. The acting is so top notch. It is it's kind of like a half hour version of The Sopranos in some way. And I don't mean that in like it's about the mafia. I just mean that it's you know how The Sopranos you The Sopranos I always loved because in normal shows, you can usually see where it's going. You're like, oh, this person's going to cheat on their wife, and then, you know, the wife's going to kill him. <laughs> I love that that's my first example. Um, but The Sopranos never did that. Like, it, you, you could never usually guess where The Sopranos was going. You know, you would think it would zig and it would zag. And sometimes I'd be frustrated because I'd be like, I like my idea better. But what I loved about it was that it made it more real. It made it really inventive. It made it unique and, and not pandering to the audience. And Atlanta was like that as well. But I really walked away loving these characters. Uh, I just loved the uniqueness to it. There were some a certain, certain couple one-off episodes. I mean, like a lot of the episodes in the second season, Donald Glover's not even in. And I just, I, I mean, just... I know that you're like, Ryan, idiot, this was like two years ago was the last season. Yeah, but I just caught up now and it's like fucking bravo. I know they're filming the next two seasons back to back over in Europe right now. So I'm very excited to see that. And you guys know Donald Glover is so busy. It's okay. This is a pop culture podcast. I can talk about anything. He signed on to do the Mr. and Mrs. Smith remake uh, of the movie, but it's going to be a TV show. So it's him. And uh, the actor, um, what's her name from Fleabag, the lead, uh, uh, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe, Phoebe Waller's Bridge, Phoebe Waller's Bridger. Anyways, it's Phoebe something. So 
they're going to play Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So I love, I mean, that, that just seems like an interesting pair up. So keep an eye out for that in the next couple of years. Um, so that's why Pose is on my list of shows to go back and watch when I have time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Selena, the biographical drama about the ill-fated Tejano pop star returns with its final episodes. Uh, that's been a docu-series that you guys might dig. Um, Wednesday, this is interesting. I, I know a lot of us are fans of murder mystery, true crime, that kind of stuff. And by the way, I was thinking today how I was like, I think I have favorite episodes of Dateline and just how dark that is. How dark is it that I'm like, Ooh, my favorite Dateline. And it's like, these are all about murders. And like, I have a favorite one. It's really dark. I'm not going to even tell you guys my favorite one, but if you guys like Dateline, write me your favorite ones. That would be cool. Um, so on Wednesday, Netflix, uh, is releasing their docu-series, The Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness, and it probes the allegations that the serial killer Son of Sam, who terrorized New York City in the late 1970s, might not have acted alone. Conspiracy? Into it? Yes, yes. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, there's a documentary about Sean Penn called Citizen Penn uh, about his activism on Discovery+. Plus. Uh, this might be interesting if you love Foo Fighters or Dave Grohl. On Paramount+, Plus, he's releasing From Cradle to Stage, a new series about rock stars and their mothers who love them and share their stories. That could be interesting. I kind of love familial relationships, and especially in regards to... Uh, uh, to rock musicians. I think that sounds cool. Did you guys know Terry Debro? You know Terry Debro, the Debros from Real Housewives of Orange County. His brother was the lead singer of Quiet Riot, which was like an 80s heavy metal band. I've, I watched a documentary on them and didn't realize Terry Debro was this dude's brother. And ultimately, this guy died of a drug overdose. But I mean, wow, Debro, that just, it just. It's weird how housewives connect with everything. Um, the co-anchor of SNL's Weekend Update steps out his own in the sketch comedy series That Damn Michael Che, which will be on HBO Max uh, starting on Thursday as well, if you guys like HBO, if you guys like Michael Che from SNL. Um, also, reminder that this Saturday is the return of Saturday Night Live, if that's your thing, and they have the host, Elon Musk and musical guest Miley Cyrus. So congrats for whatever that is. Um, Shrill, uh, A.D. Bryant's, uh, who is also on SNL, the final season of the comedy Shrill will be premiering on Friday on Hulu. And uh, I think I think that's that's everything. I mean, there's so much. Uh, so much goodness out there right now. And also, I want to remind everybody, tomorrow on Monday is Below Deck Sailing Yacht on uh, Bravo. I really would strongly urge you guys to watch it. I think they're having a really good season, and it's getting kind of good. Oh, shit. couple last things, sorry. I watched the first two episodes episodes of Big Shot, Bethany Frankel, and I think I'm going to cover, cover them on the Patreon with uh, my friend Amy. Um, but uh, I... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I watched them. I took notes. I didn't love it. Um, Bethany is just reminds me of one of those people where you're like, we all know those people in your life where it's like, oh, I'm glad you're a success. I do not want to be anywhere near you. Like I kept thinking the whole time, like who the fuck would want to work for Bethany? Like she's a fucking, she's a wackadoo in this show. You guys got to see it. Like, and the contestants are supposed to be competing for like the top banana job at Skinny Girl. And you gotta, you'll know the contestants. You're like, 
there's no fucking way you would even make it in the door. There's just not. I don't believe this for a second. I could throw a rock and get better qualified candidates. So the whole premise of the show to me doesn't hold water because it just reads fake you know, from the beginning. And it kind of seems like a low budget because they don't really have that many contestants. And she lets like five go on the first night. It's weird, but they're releasing two episodes every week. I think the next two episodes will premiere this Thursday. And I think it's a grand total of seven episodes on HBO Max. Um, Also, I think I mentioned this on Saturday, but I watched the first episode of uh, Extreme Sisters on TLC. Dude, you guys, Extreme Sisters, holy balls. Holy balls. I don't even, I talk a little bit about it with Sophie, so I'll just save it for that. But I, you know, I don't know. And I, I keep hearing to watch Pig Royalty, so I got to check that out. You guys, that is it. I hope you have a great fucking Monday. I'm so sorry for the language. I hope you have a great Monday. Hope you have a great week. I am so excited to spend it with you guys. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you on Tuesday. Here is the bell of the ball, the one, the only Sophie Ross. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Monday episode, and Mondays mean one thing, that we are graced in the presence of a goddess, uh, somebody that can write, somebody that can uh, tell tell the comedy jokes, somebody that can be insanely serious, but also somebody that can get to the heart of all pop culture matters, Sophie Ross. Welcome back to the show, Sophie. Oh my God, the intro gets better every time. Thank I'm working you. with a coach on it now. Like I, I work, I workshop it during the week, and then we we we're like we we have like five backups in case I decide to go with another one. But this was like, like Paige in her summer house dresses. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like that's me on uh, outside by a pool with all the lo- chairs, just trying to think of intros for you. Yeah, by myself, the lonely I life of a podcaster. I can tell. Thanks for putting in the work. Hey, if, hey, if, if all you people new to podcasting need to know something, you got to put in the work. This isn't just a fly by night operation. You can't get to the big time like this without hard work. We're coming at you on a Sunday. Sophie last week, just to catch up where we were, she was in a bed, her bed. And today she is on a couch. So what, what, why the change? (laughs) I mean, if we're being honest, I was in my bed hungover until like 5 p.m. today. And then I got up, showered, gotten clean jammies, and now here I am. And that was my day. I now this is my favorite. This this is how I want to because you guys, I we made a pledge. We're not gonna talk any summer house today at all. So just kidding. We're of course Can you talk imagine? House. but real quick, just because I this is my favorite part of the show. Where did you go last night? What, oh my what God, I actually do have a good story. So and by the way, I apologies to Mr. and Mrs. Ross, if they're listening, any of Sophie's extended family, I'm so sorry for anything that I asked Sophie or in, anything. I know that my mom is listening. Hi, mommy. Hi, sorry, mommy. weird. I know that she's listening because I found out, I she doesn't tell me, but my dad was like, I heard your mom listening. Who was that guy you went on a date with? Because I Whoa. like to tell her. So, um... Yep, went on um, date number two last night. With I'm the guy, with the guy. It. Yeah, and it was really fun. Um, ended up having a few too many, and I... Did he um, have a few too many too? Yeah, I think probably both of us, but me especially. Um, and <laughs> I had a moment where I projectile vomited, but it was in my own bathroom, and I cleaned it up. It was fine. 
Like it was good, but that was my night. And that's what's cool about having your own space. You know, you can projectile vomit in a in a very in a safe place. Yeah, yeah. So he um, wasn't there holding your hair back or anything, was he? It was just it was me in the bathroom, low key projectile vomiting. What's high key projectile vomiting? I guess would be the next question. Where you like are extremely <laughs> loud and obvious about it. <laughs> Oh, so you were like ladylike about the, you were quite, you're like, oh, I gotta, and by the way, Sophie, you know, I feel like this is like a a woman's decade. Feel free to be high key with your projectile vomiting. Don't like handmaid's tale. Come on, like projectile vomit, how you want to projectile vomit. I know. Oh my God. Like, I know I should be embracing that side of me more because as we know, that's like clearly a pattern here. Like the time I, threw up in a cup at the bar after taking shots with pilot Pete. And that was just a couple months ago. That was like, yeah, that was recently. So, I mean, I think this is what go, we talked about this, I think every week, but just that re-entrance into society. Exactly. I don't normally do that, but it's like when you go so long without like drinking or partying and you kind of ease back into it, it's like, whoa, like, where is my tolerance? Well, I went out for a couple drinks last night and I feel so ashamed because it was, uh, it, I felt like, old man Bailey where it was just it was too loud I was like this is too loud I'm so used to the quiet of my TV old in my bedroom Bailey. Oh, yeah man. I'm just like why is everybody talking so loud and then I was like what what is this Euro trash music this is horrible like I I it was it really is going to be a weird re-entrance and then we're probably just going to come back around to we were like doing the right things during the pandemic like oh maybe it was that time of my life where I should be sitting in my room by myself you know I know. It's like, I, I feel like right before the pandemic, I was getting to the age where I was like, I don't care about going out anymore. I don't care about like socializing. I'm just too old. I get too hungover. And now I'm like, after the pandemic, I'm like, I'm ready to go, baby. <laughs> okay. So uh, this will lead us into summer house because I think this, you know, you said second date and you're, you live in New York City, and it reminds me of Carl and Paige on the first season. They would kind of date during the week and then date during the weekend at the summer house. And then Paige was asking Carl to, like, stay in touch during the week. Let's go out. And he wouldn't do it. Now, in modern dating, um, it, did you guys, were you guys texting all week? Was there flirties happening? I'm disgusted. Yeah, there has to be, like, texting and, like, you know, it's not... I feel like before a first date, I'm not into like, you know, when you meet a guy on an app and like, he like really wants to text all the time, even before your first date. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I even like this guy yet. Like, don't waste my time texting me. What's up girl? (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, thank you. But like, you know, when, once you go on a date and you like are deciding if you're into that person. Yeah. I want to like hear from you during the week for sure. Um, now as a girl though, when do you start? Is it like the third or fourth or fifth date? Or is it even the second where you look across and you're like, I see a future with this guy. Like, you know, like when when does a woman start? Or is it like even before they go on the first date? I don't know. I don't know about like, for me, I kind of just know on the first date if there's like chemistry, if there's like anything at all. Because, you know, you could meet up with someone and it's just like, whoa, okay. I'm just like this clearly there's not a spark. So is chemistry always look based for you or is it sometimes? No, 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 not at all. It's like about like, I've, I always say like one of the most important things a guy has to have is kind of like swag. Like he has to kind of have like a little bit of swagger to him. Like 
I don't know. I feel like that's a big thing. And if you meet up with a guy, no matter how good looking he is, and he has like no swag or personality or like anything interesting about him, I'm just like, no, thank you. Like he could be literally the hottest guy in the world. He could Do you be- ever say to them out loud, you have swag? No. Oh my God. No. <laughs> you, you don't have swag. I'll tell you that much. Um, and then um, I, I want to start this rumor out there that um, girls like small penises. I don't think you need to be a large. Pe- I don't think, I think that's like an urban myth, right? Are we right ladies? Okay. No. Okay. So, but that brought me to summer house. And are you ready to admit that the person you've been on two dates with is Mr. Luke Gulbrinson from summer house? I didn't want this to have to be the way that I broke the news. I asked you to do a podcast exclusive. You're no, but did you watch um, Luke's uh, Instagram guys? We're talking summer house. Now Luke's Instagram stories. He was at his cabin. He's redoing his cabin last night. And it's so funny. He he was making a fire, drinking his Coors light by the fire. And then him and his buddy, him and his buddy had motorcycles out and they were revving them up. And I'm like, is there anything more of a man than, I mean, and it's not, none of that is interesting to me, but like, he's out there just building fires. Like it's not just for the show. You guys, he lives this life. This is, I'm looking at his Instagram stories now. Like he walks the walk. Like he actually, I mean, he has other biker friends over and he goes, rev your engine. And that (laughs) does something for him. You know, he has, he his Instagram stories. It's like another guy with like a ponytail, like working (laughs) on motorcycle. I'm like, where do you find these other guys? (laughs) I feel like those guys find themselves. And then they're like, do you like male jewelry? I love male jewelry. Do you like me? You know, like if you're a close personal friend of Luke, I wonder if he ever like gifts you like, a handmade ring, you know? He does because that's Luke's personality. We watched yes. the house where he like got, you know, flowers and like he just seems like a nice. I know that he's a fuckboy and everyone is like, "Well, let's not let Luke off the hook." Yes, he's a fuckboy. It's not like it It's not rocket science. A, it's not it rocket, you know. It doesn't make you a horrible person to be a fuckboy. Yeah, like I it mean, really doesn't. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, fuckboys suck and we've all gotten hurt by them, but like that doesn't make you a horrible person. I'm sorry. You can still be a good person to the rest of the people in your life and still kind of like not know how to like treat women that you date hundred percent. Well, it's not, it's, you know, you shouldn't, sometimes you have to separate the two kind of, I hate to say it. I'm like, yes, Luke is a fuck boy who I'm sure if he personally fucked me over, I would have yes. feelings, but like at the same time, I'm like, he seems like a decent human being. It is interesting though, by you know, by labeling somebody a fuckboy, does that potentially take away their fuckboy powers in a way because you are identifying that? So then you're more in control of that narrative. It, I want to say it's hard because, like, I have like just a few months ago, I was like dating the definition of a fuckboy. I don't think it. Uh, do you remember my tweet that was like the perfect opening line on a dating app doesn't exist, and it was a screenshot of me saying. Um, you look like you could ruin my life and I'm honestly down. Yeah, I remember that. So I'm yeah. Not, so- I'm not proud of you. Like, And by the way, M- Mrs. Ross, if you're listening, we got to do something about this. She can't be feel this free online to say stuff like that, you know? <laughs> no. Gonna, I, I think you're just- Okay, mom. But anyway, um, so yeah, we ended up like going out and like dating. Did he, ru- yeah. did he ruin your life? Yeah, like he was a fuckboy, but I I knew it. I knew what I was. That's why I was like, I wasn't that 
hurt when like it happened because I knew what I was getting myself into. He was your classic fuckboy, which is why that was my opening line. I'm like, you would ruin my life. So I kind of like tempered my own expectations, but at the same time, it still like sucks either way. It still is like a shitty feeling. But like, yeah, I'm like, I'm still, I'm sure he's a, he's a good person, good sibling, good son. I'm sure like, I'm not going to like think he's a horrible person just because he wants to be, you know, a single good looking fuck boy, you know? In terms of, in terms of Luke though, I think it's interesting is that the season finale before the, the reunion is we got, we, Luke's essence was the scene where he was like mentioned, he was, he was like, we're around the fire. He mentioned it four times. Like that is like, he's like, we're drinking, we're drinking Coors around the fire. I got, I got all my friends here. And then he goes, no, we got a fire. He kept mentioning he, we were in front of a fire. Like we didn't, you know, and like, I was like, yeah, man. But that to me is Luke where he's like, it's the simple things in life. You got a good fire, a Coors light and all my friends from the summer to me, that's like Luke, you know, it's just like a simple caveman. Yes. That's it. Fire. Yes. Um, okay. So uh, that's Luke. Now I do want to preface this. It's very interesting. I was talking with somebody on my Patreon. I don't know if she's necessarily a Hannah fan, but she was saying she was so sick of the Hannah hate. And I really, I try to take things people say, and I try to feel like go through what I think and filter it and go, am I, am I judging things too harshly? And I really want to treat this fairly, but what I do have to say, and I did a recap you guys this weekend with Emily, is that I, once again, seeing the first part of the reunion, think Hannah is completely in the wrong in how she's handled this entire situation from, from beginning now. And I'm talking even past the filming of this reunion. I feel like if I was any kind of PR manager for her, I would be really advising her against everything that she's done. And I don't mean like, well, you could say, well, her brand, her brand is being honest with the people. That's not what I mean. I don't feel like she's being too honest. I feel like she's not taking any kind of like extra long critical looks at herself. Sometimes you step back and you go, I mean, I fucked a lot of people over this year. I've had years like that. I've had relationships like that where I'm like, I treated this person poorly and there's no kind of recognition. And I wonder if that only comes with time, but right now it's almost multiplying how I feel about Hannah in negative ways regarding the show, you know? Yeah. And I know you love Hannah, so I don't know what you're. (laughs) Well, I think part of the, part of the important part of like why we call Hannah's behavior out so often is because it is problematic a lot of the shit she does and says including like on the reunion I just feel like she the way that she weaponizes like feminism and like mental health terminology is actually very harmful to like both causes so like I feel like that's worth pointing out but yeah she is fully delusional and I think that you know accountability and like humility like goes such a long way in the Bravo universe. Yes. Like this was her chance to, you know, if she had walked into the reunion and just been like, I know that last summer was a bad That's look. Not- like yes. I, it was a hard summer. Like I was kind of figuring shit out with like Des and like I'd gotten hurt by Luke. I'm sorry. And like all of it, if she had just taken accountability and like COVID, the pandemic, she had the perfect excuse to be like, Hey, I had cabin fever. I went a little. Yeah. Oh my like, God. I would have been like, girl, like, I mean, that's, 
That's exactly what I said, Sophia. I said, if she had come in there and said that, it would have like really diffused the entire situation because yes, Kyle can be a complete idiot too. But if you went in there and told Kyle that, he is so like one note that he'd be like, fuck yeah, let's party. Exactly. And Kyle was also, and I said this in actually my DMs, I'll tell you about my DM conversation with Amanda. Yes. But I truly do think that Kyle is an empath. I know that people like use that word a lot and throw it around and call themselves empaths. But like Kyle is just a very empathetic person where I feel like if Hannah had gone up there and like genuinely like, you know, like no one wants a gang up. But when someone is so delusional and not taking accountability, like, I feel like a gang up is like, you automatically feel really bad for the person usually. But in this scenario, everyone was like, this is the only way, there's nothing getting through to her. Like, she is so delusional. I was in shock when she literally, like, it's it's just so ironic that, first of all, that she calls Kyle a narcissist. I love that he posted that. When she is the that was a great post right before the reunion, you guys. I mentioned he posted this thing where he was like, Hey, since I've been like told that I'm a narcissist by Hannah on a dozen podcasts, here's a picture of me and only me. I thought that was a really great tease, you know? It was, it was great. And, um, I mean, I was just in shock when Hannah like looked Amanda in the eye and she was like, I've been nothing but supportive of your relationship with Kyle all summer long. Haven't I been there for you? That that was when I thought I was gonna lose my flipping mind because I was like, are we watching the same? We have, we have video evidence and this right. is, what, and people arguing about like, well, it was a gang up guys. That's not a gang up. It's literally a group of the people that are actual friends in real life. Like if, if, if uh, me, Sophie, a, a couple of the people that I work with on a, uh, on this podcast, if somebody talks shit about like Sophie and all that, and eventually I would be like, yo, that's not cool. It's not a gang up. It's just they're all real friends in real life and they all see the shit and they live through the shit. So of course they're going to call out the person that was like behind some of the shit. It's wild. Cause I feel like, yes, there are times that we've kind of watched like gaslighting on Bravo, like Jax Taylor, whatever Lisa, it is. Lisa Rinna and Lisa Rinna. Right. So like we've seen gaslighting before, but I think on this scale where it's like, she is, it's an alternate. And I feel like with other, with other Bravo people's gaslighting, it's like them trying to convince, they know that it's not the truth. I yeah. feel like Hannah actually is delusional. Like she actually believes that she has been victimized and she is the victim and she believes her alternate reality. And it's wild because like gaslighting just must've been so much easier for her when there wasn't like video evidence. Like this is clearly something that she does. Like she gaslights probably everyone in her life and manipulates everyone in her life. But this she and it works. And it camera. works and for it most works. of the time, you know. Because it's not caught on camera. But when it's caught on camera, like that's where you run into an issue. And it's just so wild that she was trying to still gaslight them to their faces when there is video evidence. I just can't. I think that's where like the we're all going. We feel like we're going crazy. And that's why I think that's where a lot of the passion comes in when you're like, wait a sec. I actually want I spent my own time watching this show. Like that's the only frustrating part for me is there's no self-recognition of like, yeah, I done like the only thing she came close to, she said at one point, we all said fucked up things this summer. I think she said that line. And I was like, okay, that's some sort of acceptance. But she also then bright, like we all did. I was just a part of it. Um, this did have real life consequences though. Uh, this week or a couple days ago, one of Hannah's sponsors, 
um, on her podcast, which is a mental health app, I believe, uh, they pulled uh, their ads uh, because a lot of people complained because she had made fun of Luke Gulbranson's suicide attempt on a uh, Puddles podcast. I'm not sure For what that is. suicide iterations. I don't think he actually attempted, but he was like... Or him talking yeah. about, you know, th- feeling. And I said this last week with you because this part I was like, okay, I say a lot of stupid things on this podcast. I would like to think that I would never joke about suicide, but sometimes I talk so much and that's no excuse, but like sometimes I can see, but there seems to be a pattern of her doing this and then forgetting what she says. And it's like, if you're doing it that much, maybe you need to chill on doing podcasts until you can kind of remember ever like you know like carl she said carl snorted adderall until his nose bled yeah so so yeah so he was like you said i had a drug problem and she was like i never said that and i actually posted a narcissist prayer which if you google what a narcissist prayer is it's like the classic that never happened if it did it wasn't that big of a deal or if it was, I didn't mean it, or it wasn't my fault, or it's because you deserved it. Every They can never take accountability. So you watch her in real time be like, I never said that. He was like, yes, you did. She goes, it was a joke about Adderall. She basically said that she saw that Carl had a bloody nose one day from snorting so much Adderall, which is a fucked yeah. up thing to say when you know that you know people in his life could hear that. And she just kept, she kept being like, well, podcasts are my job. I do like 12 (laughs) podcasts a year. And that's her saying, it's not my fault. I do podcasts. And it's like, she can never just, it goes from denying it outright to just rationalizing it in any way she can, instead of just apologizing and taking accountability. And she's like, and you see that she posts like, thank you to everyone who has sent me love after the reunion. It's like you. So we're all supposed to feel guilty because we, Yes. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's like, so everyone is supposed to, you know, treat you with baby gloves or whatever you call it. Like when you don't treat anybody else with baby gloves. Yeah. And no one else's, no one else's feelings matter, I guess. So Amanda said that. Okay. So you guys, uh, Amanda, just, uh, uh, Amanda and Sophie have a DM relationship. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. Petula Um, hoops rise up. (laughs) Petula hoops. Yeah. I love Amanda too. And I think she had an amazing season. What did you guys DM this week about? Yeah. So I got some good tea from her. So I'll just read you exclusive. So I'll try to summarize it because they're like paragraphs, but basically um, I told her that I loved her composure and her Luke at the reunion, not her L U C K E her L E W K AKA her outfit, which a lot of people didn't like it, but I think Amanda has the coolest style. I said, Hannah is literally living on another planet. I fucking can't with her gaslighting. You handled it so well. Blah, blah, blah. She's a lunatic. She goes, the reunion was her trying to continue whatever narrative she's been going with in the podcast. But us finally being there to call her out on her lies or defend ourselves and she couldn't handle it. And after that reunion where she takes no accountability, she went on like four more podcasts to prove her zero remorse and continue talking shit and spreading lies. And Amanda wrote that. Amanda wrote that and we, and we, you know, we're talking about the, her losing the sponsor also. And she goes, the fact that she frames herself as a mental health advocate and it's just, it's just fucked up. And she was, you know, Amanda was very open about the fact that like, you know, there is a lot of problematic stuff about Hannah that she hadn't noticed sooner. 
And that's why she gives, and I talked about Paige and Sierra. I was like, well, Paige and Sierra are completely co-signing her bullshit. And for that reason, I just like, I think that they should go also. And she was like, I was Paige and Sierra at one point, like when you're love bombed and manipulated by a narcissist, that's what she said. Like, she was like, I was them. So she, you know, gives them compassion that they're still like, you know, they, they feel like they have to like, you know, back up Hannah. I loved Amanda's uh, moment in this reunion where she said, why is it okay for you to yell at me, but Mm -hmm. nobody can yell at you? And, you know, they showed clips to back that up. And I thought it was a really, because Amanda doesn't, Amanda is so nice sometimes. And I know people in my life and I have been that person in my life where I don't stand up for myself because I'm trying to get everybody happy and I'm I'm, I'm willing to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Um, if it if it causes everybody to be happy, and I think what we're seeing is that kind of like of Amanda not being able to do that anymore because it's been pushed so far to a line, and mm-hmm. you know, but even Kyle, like Kyle, even admitted in this, yes, I I I'm, I do I fight Amanda's battles for her. Like mm-hmm. there is somebody that admits something that they do that is potentially troubling. He admits it. He admits it fair out. Where is that same thing from Hannah of like I admit, fill in the blank. You know, like it would just be yeah. so nice. I admit. And even if you're not, he he has no, I've never seen someone with such little self-awareness ever. Like, I am like, wait, you're actually saying this after watching the season. Like you are saying this out loud. Like, I just couldn't believe it. But what I thought was interesting also was that Amanda in our conversation, she, she goes in the same breath that she said, I'm sorry to Kyle on the reunion. She only said that she said it to it was to help his ego and it worked because he left her alone. Remember that part? Yep, I don't, of course. And she goes, after Kyle posted that ca- that post with the caption about being a narcissist, Hannah claimed that Kyle was cyberbullying her. So <laughs> Hannah can dish it out, but she can't take it. Well, but but once again, this is the other fascinating part of that reunion was that Kyle nailed it with, and I and by the way, I hate giving Kyle so much praise because I know Kyle is Kyle, but I also, yeah. re- I'm Kyle, I've grown to like. There have Thanks. been seasons where I have not like Kyle at all. This is not one of those seasons. I really like Kyle this season. And that's what I would love to normalize in any kind of Bravo or any kind of reality shows is that take it season by season. Like you don't have to hate somebody overall. You don't, you you said, I didn't like Hannah this season, you know, season before I liked her. You can do both of those things. Go season by season. It really helps. But um, it really does like someone that's why, like you can always have a redemption arc. Like it's never too late. Like unless you're Jack's and then you're just toast. Well, right. It's like, when you dig your own grave and double down on bad behavior, that's when you there's doubling down. And with Hannah, there's no, there's no going back. And from the impression I got from my conversation with Amanda is that they will not, they, they just won't film with her. It's too toxic. And I don't blame them. I don't think, I mean, well, I want to get to the, well, Kyle said you use buzzwords to, um, to dis- like to kind of badmouth other men and all that. You you know you say it's toxic masculinity. You say uh, you know all of these buzzwords to make other people look bad. And I thought that was fascinating because she does. She's a, and that's why I think she is kind of was really loved to begin with because she is a student of the internet. She is. Uh, somebody that a lot of women are of like somebody that's on Twitter all the time, somebody that is on Instagram all the time. And she speaks in those phrases, but remember you guys, those phrases, if you don't have a strong like base, all they come off as is hollow. All of a sudden you realize is all you are saying are buzzwords. Where is the heart right. here? You she know, really doesn't understand 
like anything about what she's saying. Like she doesn't understand toxic masculinity because she was making fun of Luke for showing emotion and crying and saying he was so unattractive that he was crying about his ex. Like that perpetuates toxic masculinity. Like we should be encouraging grown men to cry, you know? Wait, I mean, which do we want the fuck boy or do we want the emotional boy? Like, I mean, who, I mean, or, or it just, it's interesting that she does. Wait, is that why you were looking up Tom Sandoval on Wikipedia, by the way, that you found out he doesn't have one? I noticed that tweet today. What, what's mm-hmm. the story real quick, a little diversion. Why were you looking up Tom Sandoval's? I was going on a rant about how men who cry, like it's, it's, you know, Kyle and Carl, it seems like on you know, the second part of the reunion that they have a very like open, like emotional, vulnerable moment. That is not, that's the opposite of toxic masculinity. So the fact that Hannah has been hurling those buzzwords around when really she perpetuates the problem, I think worse than these two guys on this season, at least not to say that they are angels at all, because they've definitely been, you know, even on the season, I guess the season with the fight, there was some toxic masculinity there, but I think that, you know, it's a good example. And I said that Tom Sandoval just in general, is like a good example of like not being masculine, toxic masculine. How how would I say that as an adjective? Toxically you're masculine. Tox- you're toxic masculine. Toxic uh, masculine. But anyway, I was looking at <laughs> pictures of Tom Sandoval crying. There's a lot of there's a lot of pics. I mean, there is a there and Kyle, Kyle tried to come for that crying trophy this season. I don't think he hit it. But I love I love Tan- Tom Sandoval's passion, and I love when he cries. I love those moments between. I've been in those moments between guys. It's usually on the last day of Coachella where you're like, I love you, dude. We did it again. Like. I love guys crying around guys. Uh, I think Luke likes a good cry around Same. other guys. Like, and Carl next that. week does. Carl next week, you guys, in the trailer, it shows Carl going, you know, you came, you know, Kyle, you came to my house in December and I was going through a rough time and you said you love me and sometimes I don't deserve that love. You changed my life, bro. And he was tearing up and I'm like, God, I was already tearing up in the, the, the preview for next week. My biggest argument for Hannah potentially being troublesome is that we all love Carl this season, right? Bedmaker, hydrator, treating women right, uh, mostly sober, all amazing qualities. He even said, if you watch this reunion, you guys, multiple times, you'd be like, come on, Hannah. I love you, but come on. Yes. Like, live in the real world, Hannah. Come on. Trust Carl. If you don't trust me, if you don't trust Sophie, if you don't trust your own eyes, trust Carl. Carl is really the most even keeled person in the house now. And he's even saying, come on, like, this is not true. You know? Exactly. I noticed that too, how Carl was like, Hannah, like, we love you. Come on. Like they were literally laughing at her. That is how like, they were like, she is on another planet. Like it was just wild. They couldn't even like be super, super, super viciously angry with her. I feel like they were just like, she is fucking delusional. Like, I don't know. That was crazy because you wonder, it's like, does she actually like, that's just my biggest question is like, does Hannah believe her own lies? Like, I don't know. See, that's what I always wonder too. And real quick, I want to read the narcissist prayer. I found it that Sophie was talking about earlier. Uh, That didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. And if it is, that's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, you deserved it. So Mm -hmm. that really is, I mean, that just some, that nails, I mean, print that on a shirt and, put giggly squad on it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you brought in the idea about Paige and Sierra in your DMS with Amanda. Let's get into them just for a hair because, and Sierra, I, you know, like uh, Sierra annoys me, but I had the same Sierra annoys me in the, the fact that 
she blindly defends Hannah a lot of the times, which is, but she's a one season person. I'm willing to like let bygones be bygones and see. I don't really get to, I mean, I know here's, here's the deal. The thing that worries me the most about Sierra is she left a huge dookie in the toilet without flushing it in her own room. What, what kind of, I mean, I don't care about her bed being a mess. It's disgusting, but, but who in their own bedroom leaves a, unflushed toilet what are you is it is it an ecological thing disgusting disgusting i cannot rationalize like there is nothing to even you know i have a theory i have a theory she was talking to a guy she likes and she was pooping at the same time and then she was like i can't flush or he'll know i've been on the toilet this whole time and then she went to the bed after wiping and then forgot about it that's my theory but the way that she said it was like so nonchalant like it's something like (laughs) it's clearly something that she does (laughs) Hey, so Peyton, come in here. I want, I want you to take a look at this Cleveland steamer I did. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, Wait, by the way, I'm ordering KFC, which is why. <laughs> oh, it's Sunday, folks. She is ordered. Usually she does this earlier in the day. So I know, is- but I didn't get out of bed early enough. <laughs> I know I'm disgusting. I'm disgusting. Um, I'm sorry. I'm hungover. Wait, I'm did you not this did you already do the text with the guy of like I had such a good time last night? Not no no. I would appreciate a so bad a, it's good exclusive if you did it right now and just said we had such a good time last night. I miss you. No, I <laughs> no, stop. I want to do Cyrano de Ryan rack. No, I'm putting the ball in the guy's court in this situation. I know that's not very feminist of me, but it's just you know Again, my prerogative right now. Wait, does he does he follow your Twitter? Um, I don't think he follows me, but I think he like knows about my Twitter. Why? I'm just curious if you're ever worried then when you start dating a guy, like I, I do sometimes get worried that if I dated a girl, they would be like, what the, f- why is he fucking tweeting about Ramona? Like, yeah. who's Ramona? No, it's like, definitely like a thing. Like, it's definitely something where I like think about it. I'm like, it's something you should know about me is that I am, I guess you could say a Twitter presence. Yeah. That's, I mean, you, that's how I introduce it. That is kind of something, I mean, and you have, you know, we should make you a t-shirt that says Twitter presence. Yeah, exactly. And then we can make one for him that says I'm with Twitter presence with an arrow. Yeah. Um, So what, okay. So Paige, Paige even said that she's stayed out of Hannah's uh, life this, or, you know, commenting to Hannah because it was brought up, you know, why doesn't Paige say anything to Hannah? Why does she stand by some of this behavior? And, and Paige goes, I tried to do that last summer and warned her about Luke and it didn't work. So I stayed out of her business this season in that sense. What did you think about that, uh, about Paige? Because she kind of really slid under the radar and she's so good at playing both sides. And if I was Amanda, I would kind of worry about being friends with Paige, even, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would just feel weird because it feels like maybe Paige doesn't talk shit about Amanda, but she sure listens to a lot of like Hannah talking shit about Amanda and listens to it. Yeah, I would not be okay with that if I were Amanda. If I were Amanda, like, I think that, I think maybe the reunion would be a wake up call for me, like just watching that back because we know as of recently, as of, you know, a few days ago, they were like posting each other, like Paige San Amanda flowers. So like they clearly are close today or, you know, I hope so. I mean, well, I mean, I, 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 here's everybody's like says Hannah's so good for the show. Cause it's so much drama. Like, no. I, get your, I get your point. I see it. And there are points that like, it's like below deck med last season when I hated captain Sandy and Malia, but at the same time, like that, 
that has a place, but it, it's not the whole thing. Like I also equally love when they're all like dancing around like a ping pong table, getting wasted, and Lindsay's going nug 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 nug. Like I love that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, that's what Summer House is about. It's not it is it's not supposed to be like housewives where we like, you know, you kind of need a villain. Like I feel like Summer House it really is about just drunken debauchery between friends and like, you know, the fights that go down between friends. But like Hannah's not friends with them, clearly. And I don't think that like they there is a path for them to even mend their friendship because I think that at this point and also I posted about, you know, a narcissist prayer like the Hannah thing on my Instagram story. And I had told Amanda, I was like, look at my Instagram story because it also, I told her about Hannah losing her sponsor. So I know that Han that Amanda at this point, Amanda and Kyle are probably very aware that Hannah actually is a narcissist. Like she has a, an actual personality disorder, not to like diagnose her, but I just am very certain that she does. And I feel like when you realize that with someone, it's kind of just like, you have to stay away. How can anyone trust her at this point? How can anyone trust anything that comes out of her mouth after we just watch that reunion? I love that you know when you're you know when you're dealing with a narcissist when you start googling things like what is a narcissist? Like even if you're at the point of wondering if somebody's a narcissist, most likely they're a narcissist, you know? And yeah. and I know that's been a buzzword that has like been in the last decade narcissist, but I feel like we're in a day and age where narcissism is really championed uh, ch uh, championed, um, out there, you know, a lot of people feel free to be so into themselves and so self-possessed. And to me, that's just one of my, the biggest turnoffs. Like I, I don't, I mean, self-possession is like cool. Believing in yourself is cool, but I don't know. Like to me, there's just like a, a certain level where I'm like, Oh dude, like the self, the self aggrandizing is just is off the charts. What do you think we see? Um, so the big thing next week, you guys, is that Luke says, hey, I want to break the fourth wall. I don't, you know, don't think. This oh, my no God. And Luke says something so bad that Hannah cries and goes, you really emotionally. And then walks off the set. What do we think it is? Did you ask Amanda potentially what I asked it is? Amanda and she said she wouldn't spoil it, which mm. I'm kind of glad that she did that because now I'm so much more excited to like. Like she's, she's doing her part to make sure that people watch. I'm like, I don't know. I'm dying to know, but she, she assured me that it is not an editor's trick. It actually is a bombshell. She says that she has mixed feelings about what Luke said and that she, she would have stormed off also if she were Hannah. That's how like, that's, that's how, how for her to admit that and still yeah. be critical of Hannah, that means it really is something bad. Exactly. You know? And she said it actually is fourth wall. So that's the other clue she gave me. She was like, it wasn't like Lindsay's fourth wall moment. It actually is like a fourth wall moment. So my guess it does it does have something to do with producers. Um, my personal guess, and I said this to Amanda, and I was like, you don't have to confirm or deny. And she didn't. She didn't confirm or deny or say anything. So my prediction is that um Luke says that he basically, you know, played up his feelings for her because of the show. Production and courage. Yeah. yeah. Something along those lines. That's my prediction. I've seen some theories. A lot of people are convinced that like Hannah secretly slept with a producer. Yeah. That's what I heard too. Or that. Yeah. Well, I don't know where people are getting that though. Well, also I want to say there is this rumor out there and I've, I talked about this a couple of times that Sierra is also dating a producer. No, but of... I thought that was debunked. It well, but I saw it again on some like, and I, I I'm just tired of like 
responding to people that's not true. Yeah. It she's definitely not dating the producer of Summer House that you guys think she is dating. The people out there that still think that there's a really obvious reason why she is not, but like I'm I can't, you know, it's just she that's not happening, but I I the production thing is interesting. I the only reason I think it might that might not be it is because Bravo is so protective of fourth wall shit. Like even when any interview I do with Bravo celebrities, like the interview I did with Lindsay, we talked about the crew for like five or 10 minutes, how they're a family, how they've been from like season one. A lot of these people are the same people and they make me always cut out the stuff with production. Like they make me usually cut out, you know, anything talking about production. And we weren't even talking anything bad. We weren't even, they just don't like, and I, I think leaning into that stuff is the future, but I know they don't like it. So the fact that they would let that air on the reunion, I, I, I'm just curious. I'm curious as to the decisions on a lot of these things, but it, also it kind of goes in line. And I, I'm trying to say this gently with, it might be that because Luke, most normal people would not say that because they'd be like, well, that makes me look like a fucking asshole too. Like that would make Luke look like an asshole, which also then makes me think maybe it is that for real because Luke doesn't have the, the the self-critical behavior where he would realize that makes him look like an asshole. You know I think saying? I think that at least Luke by acknowledging it, I think that he was just fucking ready to get Hannah off his back. Like he's just tired you of the never have life. this dick in your mouth again. Yeah, I mean like the fact that she said that also she literally is like emotionally stunted. Like she has the sense of humor of like a 12-year-old. But, um, and she, it's just very bizarre the way that she talks about like sex and that stuff also. It's actually but, not true. My nephew's 12 and I showed him some of Hannah's jokes. He hated them. Yeah. He probably was like, what is this? Like, like, this is like a nine year old. What are you talking about? Yeah. But, um, wait, what was the question again? No, it's just the, the Luke thing. I like, I don't think he has self-critical, like, you know, he can't look in, he, he doesn't I, really think yeah. things through. So I do believe he would drop a bombshell that potentially makes himself look bad. Cause by the way, you guys, if that is true, we could go back to really disliking Luke again, because who would actually follow production and go, okay, I will sleep with that girl for you guys, or I will mess around. So you guys get good foot, good footage. That's I feel pretty like maybe fucked part up. of it, my prediction is that part of it maybe was genuine, but then part of it was like, you know, like continuing with it was part of like the, the drama for the show to, for season five or something like that. I don't know. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. I think the fact that they said the fourth wall thing in the, in the preview and we find out, you know, Amanda said that it's definitely like a, a fourth wall moment. I think that they actually will break the fourth wall and talk about producers. And I think that maybe this is like the moment where it's like, okay, this is like, this show is this season has become way too overproduced. And that's why we're going to have a shakeup next season and get rid of, you know, Hannah and the people that are just like ruining the show. And, and don't have the natural, like, you know, chemistry that the rest of the cast does. Do you ever wonder about in between seasons for any of these shows? Is it like almost like a campaign where you're campaigning to keep your job? Like, I wonder what goes on in between seasons. Like, you know, you're never guaranteed a job in any of these things. So I always wonder what, and I don't mean with Summer House in particular, but any of these shows, New York, anything of like what kind of kiss assery happens in between seasons? Like Dorinda, remember, didn't come back. I mean, what happens? Like, how does Hannah, like, I wonder what the, is there a real palpable fear there? Hannah's done. Hannah's done. You really think so? 1000% positive. 
And it's not only because the cast won't film with her anymore, which I'm positive they want. It's too toxic. She is too toxic. The audience does not want her. We don't believe a word she says. So not only that, I think it actually is dangerous to keep putting her on camera because she is a danger. She's clearly mentally unwell and it's not good for her. I think that she needs some time like out of the spotlight off camera. Um, It's hard though when that is how you... I mean, I, you know, that is hard though, when that is all, you know, it seems like about making money is being, putting yourself out there. I do have some sympathy for that, but she does need to like step back. I have sympathy for that because she clearly was trying to play this character to such an extreme that it just went too far and it's completely bitten her in the ass. And also it's like Des, hello, was engaged to a reality star in China while she was on a show. I know, isn't that weird? I'm like, how do you, I mean, so is that like, is that like, is that like me saying like, I like brunette girls? Is that like Des going, I like reality show girls? Is that like a type that guys can like? Like, it seems like he just goes for that. I think it's a type in that he wants camera time and attention. And that's also like, I feel really bad for her because I think it's obvious to everyone but her. That he targeted her potentially? That Des clearly like, you know, wanted to get on the show. And I just read somewhere that he apparently was using a ring light during their FaceTime. I was wondering why it was so fucking clear. And like, I was like, that shirt is he very was blue. using Des. a ring light. Like that is how thirsty and ready he was to be on TV. And I think that when Hannah doesn't get asked back, I think that it's like, what's going to happen with their relationship? Like, I don't know. I feel like she's put herself in a really shitty situation and it could have, you know, been resolved if she had just had an ounce of self-awareness and willingness to take responsibility. And it's like a shitty situation for Hannah to be in. She's already losing sponsors. She's chat room, I guess. What my question is- Chat room says series finale. Portia and Giselle though, Hannah just posted that she's about to talk about the Summer House reunion on chat room. Why is she still getting a platform to spew her lies? Like, my question is, I don't watch the show. Do we think that Portia and Giselle will, like, hold her accountable? No. No, they all... Because, I mean, by the way, remember, these are relationships. Like, they don't watch Summer House, probably, and they like Hannah because all they know of Hannah is from chat room. Like, think about they that. They don't like, watch Summer House? Well, I mean, I, I I don't... I can't guarantee, but, like, why... That'd be weird if they didn't, though, but if they're going to talk wait, about wait. it. Well, I mean... No, I mean, like they, t- I see that I've seen that show before. They talk about a lot of things, I, but I don't know if maybe they do watch it. But what I'm saying is that they know Hannah as somebody that they work with. So that's different than like knowing them from a reality show. Like you can like, like, like you can present a certain way and like every 30, like 30 minutes a day, you can really like somebody. And then if you see them on TV, you, I, I, they might be surprised sometimes like, oh, is that Hannah? But what they hear from Hannah? story the girl that they work with every day is no you guys don't know they edit it so crazy and all that stuff so i would tend i would tend to believe that they would always side with hannah you know but i think also like bravo liberties do keep up with like fan reactions and like the fan base and twitter and stuff like that it's like don't they read twitter don't they know that hannah's canceled like for real like she actually is like she literally is getting dropped by sponsors and like the reunion was like a turning point also for like i think just a lot of viewers were like done with her i think that they were willing to give her a chance to like to hear her out if she had come correct to the reunion but she didn't no so. i mean well so uh, and kind of starting to to go into other things a little bit but uh, i i saw speaking of you know bravo liberties looking at fan reaction and stuff uh, there was a, a duke's moy dumois uh, little post where 
they came out. Remember that rumor a couple months you guys a couple months ago that Lisa Rinna was hosting a fan show, like a who's like the best memer or whatever, and that Lisa Rinna was hosting. And I was like, oh fuck, Lisa uh, blocked me, so I can't be a part of that show, even though I make really fire memes. Um, uh-huh. And so she said, so what it, the 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 post from Dumas said that Lisa Rinna put out that rumor herself, and that is not happening. That show, what is happening is a a show about like uh like a fan show and this is what i know that that is true and i guess because i was emailed months ago about that show and i was emailed to be on it but they were only taking east coast uh people and there was two specific housewives that they had and you had to be like the fan of that housewife. I, they didn't really explain. It was like a simple email. They didn't really explain the concept too well. And that's why I was like, this can't be the Lisa Rinna thing, but that, that there is a show happening that based around fandom in some way. I know that personally, but the Lisa Rinna show, I think it's hysterical that Lisa Rinna would put that out there. And we got further confirmation that her plot, one of her plot lines in Beverly Hills this season is the um, fan backlash that she does not feel she is deserved of uh, online. Uh, There's a, so her, I mean, I might literally be on this season of Beverly Hills, which is so exciting. Like I really went for Rinna last season because she infuriated me. The shit she pulled with, I don't even love Denise Richards and the shit she pulled with Denise Richards. I was like, this is, I mean, this is disgusting. I was, I was livid. I'm over Lisa Rinna. I'm over her. I'm over Amelia Bedelia. Like, thank, I'm thank just you for, over, thank you for saying Amelia Bedelia. Let's I'm just keep, over the family. Like get off my screen. Yeah. I'm over her. I'm I'm pro Harry Hamlin, but I want to remind everybody that Harry Hamlin even remember or he a goes, swastika once. Well, also, oh, no, 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 I'm not pro that, but I'm saying the fact the, the thing you got to remember about Harry is one of his plot lines was that he likes to go on solo camping trips. Like that's how bad life has gotten for Harry. That he just he wants to get as far away as possible in the woods in a one man tent. You know, like that. That says everything I think you need to know right there. It says it all. It says it all. Like he has to get away, which I do not blame him. I would too. Real Housewives of New York, Sophie, I don't know if you know this, premieres this Tuesday. Yes, Are it does. you going to be watching? I am watching it. I am watching it. Honestly, this is a controversial opinion. Like New York is actually like one of my least favorite franchises that I watch. Move out of New York. You don't deserve to be there then. Are you? I know. I know. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't get as excited for New York. I think I'm just like, there's just no one that I really love on New York anymore. You know, like, I feel like, I don't know. You're not a Sonya fan? Well. No, I've never been a huge Sonya. I I love Sonya. I do enjoy watching her, but like, I I don't know. I feel like it's so much about the cast. Like it obviously is like, you have to have a good cast. And I just find like sometimes just New York just so annoying to watch where I just get annoyed. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's not my favorite, but I'm obviously watching the premiere. I'm watching it. So, well, you have to, for what you do as an internet presence, you have to, you know, exactly. you're on the- I'll well, be there. You're a sports person. And I think that's what, you know, I, I hear in sports, they, they have this thing called teams. And when you have a really good team, you do really well. And that's the same with housewives is yeah. when you have like a really good group of ladies together, it becomes something Potomac. greater than the, yeah, but tell me, I mean, just what a, 
love them or hate them, but like together, they are really magical. I don't, they're I mean, magic something I like about the, every one of those ladies. Yeah, they're the one franchise, I think the one group of women where I'm like, I want to be friends with them. I want to go out with them. Like, I want to be in that group. Whenever I watch other franchises, I'm like, thank God I'm not involved with these women. <laughs> but Potomac, I'm like, I want to be their friends. And then, you know, you have OC, which is on indefinite hiatus apparently because you know they just did not get that fucking cast right for the past few years so real housewives of QAnon over there well I want Heather Dubrow back I want um Megan King Edmonds back Megan King actually cut the Edmonds out so I don't know. I love Megan King. Uh, Megan King uh, seems wild, you guys. Like she She's really an does. FBI level investigator. Like she actually, the psychic broke the Brooks cancer scam. The remember Tamara psychic? Yeah, of course. That broke the Brooks cancer scam. But Megan King Edmonds like nailed nailed him to the cross, like Jesus. Would you say she? Because <laughs> we have a lot of internet to Texas now. There's like a lot of accounts like Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo, and yeah. a bunch of people that really do deep dive. Yeah. And I think I think Megan is the precursor to that. She created a lot of these really deep dive yes. kind of investigative things. She's the living, breathing uh, form of that. I think um, yes, I did. just was disappointed because her candle sure closed and I always wanted a candle. From oh, the Megan. It did? I believe so. Cause I did spend a while online looking for it a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, I wonder if, cause I was like, I need Wait. a Jim Edmonds, Megan King Edmonds candle. What about Alexis Bellino Couture? Oh, yeah, no, I have a lot of that. Yeah. What about Lynn Curtin's daughter? What about what about Lynn Curtin's jewelry line? What about I mean, OC really had entrepreneurs. A, a, I mean, entrepreneurs. Uh, that's what you were going to say, right? I have I have fucking Vicky Gunvalson perfume like no <gasps> shit. Like I got sent Vicky Gunvalson perfume and every time I wear it, I feel like a fucking lady. It's so good. It's so nice. No, but it's like the box is all like shiny and has Vicky like from like one of like like fifth season. Oh pose. my god! I didn't it's even know hysterical. that she made perfume, and I oh, I didn't either. I, I had no clue. My birthday twin. Um, I oh, both brilliant ladies. Um, I also know that uh, the Grand Dom has a perfume line, which yes. I wouldn't. But I'm gonna wait till it hits. I heard the it Ross. smells good. I actually want to like. I've been thinking about ordering it because I heard it smelled good. Next time you get, next time you projectile vomit in your bathroom, you need to order that. Yeah, bathroom. that's what I need. What What is it called? La, la, la Dom, I think. La, la Dom. Dom. Yeah, I think it's just La Dom. I want a Ray Huger cologne. I, I, yes, I do also. I yeah. do. <laughs> I do I, also. Ray yes, my yes, king. I do. He is my savior, as my, as um Alexis Polino would say. What? Well, well, do you think when they called Alexis Bellino Jesus jugs, do you think Jesus like thought that was funny? It was like, <laughs> good one. That's like, actually good pretty one. funny. He, like eating popcorn. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, I, was, nice. I was driving back from hiking today and I saw this guy swinging a sign that said Jesus saves. And he was like, ah. And I was like, do you think Jesus is like, yo, dude, that is not the best representation of me. Like you're literally dancing. Or, like, did, like Jesus ever go like, that's too much, too much, you know? Um, on Christmas, he's like, "Thanks for all the B-day wishes, bestie." <laughs> yeah, His Instagram story is just like, where he's like, "I feel like Santa is getting a lot of my heat right now, and I feel like this is not deserved." Um, let's see, um, a couple of other things that I found fascinating this week. So, I don't know if you know, Los Angeles had a huge earthquake on Thursday, I believe Thursday or Friday. Uh, when I didn't we, know that. Yeah, wow. it was it was so crazy. 
uh, we got the news that Ben Affleck might be dating Jennifer Lopez again. I it thought you were fucking created... serious. I was like, Boom. how did you not hear about an LA earthquake? Wow, I really like was just not paying attention to anything. I was questioning my whole existence <laughs> for a second. But of course, no, I, I mean, should have fallen for sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm a pop culture earthquake. A pop culture earthquake. I forgot to say that. But they supposedly... Not, I mean, not dated, but she, he was spotted in the white Escalade SUV, whatever, the J-Lo, that white Escalade SUV. And so people literally lost their GD coal, that knocked was, them off their coal mining asses with that news. That was all PR. Yeah, that okay, so explain to me what you think that might be, because there was no real hard facts except that we did see him exit, which, by the way, Damn you, Ben Affleck, for not having a fucking Dunkin' iced coffee. If you had that iced coffee when you were exiting, would have been the photo of my year, you know? Iconic. Yes, absolutely. No, it's like J-Lo's whole, like, PR thing has been, like, really wild lately. Like, just all the A-Rod stuff. I feel like it's always something with her, some PR thing. I'm just like, you're J-Lo. Like, you don't need to, like, be this desperate to stay relevant. I feel like it's just, like, I don't know. I'm kind of, like, it's making me kind of sick of her, which, like. It's very Kardashians to, like, continue to let poor men start to make up pieces of your legacy. Right. And not to compare her to Beyonce, but I feel like she could have, like, a Beyonce-type presence where she, like, you know, flies under the radar. Like, she knows who she is. She doesn't have to, like, stage paparazzi shoots or, like, Ben Affleck. But they knew that the internet would go crazy with that. That's why right away I was like, come on, but, they're both but, thirsty. But, do, okay, well, that's, the, are they, like, I don't know. Like, yes. Ben has a lot of problems, but I never thought, I never see him, like, seeking. It's, like, I always see people sneaking. Uh, it, hello? You know? Did you not see his whole relationship with, what's her, Anna de Armas? Wait, I loved seeing them walking the dog. I thought that was really, those were nice photos with the mask and this. Yeah, and they were totally candid, not planned at all. Just like they were genuinely just walking the dog. I just feel like Ben Affleck would be like so, like J-Lo needs more than a Ben Affleck. You know, like it just, to me, that just didn't even make sense. Like what? Like, it just seems like it, it was hard for me to imagine that they ever dated. And then I went back and remembered what a big, and I lived through Benefer, you guys. I remember, but I also want to point out that Benefer, like, I remember the big, like, ABC interview that they did to try to, like, let people know that they're okay and they're in love still after the engagement. And it didn't look like they liked each other that much. I remember where it's like, I really feel that relationship had run its course but it is it is exciting in terms of pop culture. Like shit like that is like woo, it's exciting. Ooh. Yeah, I think <laughs> it. it was definitely like, oh, I think I just like looked at my phone and I thought I was like, okay. You felt I just, nothing. I didn't really care You're... because J Lo is so oversaturated at this point. And I think that's what her PR team is misunderstanding. Like, if she like went away for a little and let us miss her, like I think that that would be good for her. Do you ever wonder if there's like the one guy on the PR team that's like, he's like the wild, he or she's like the wild one. It's like, they're like, oh, let's, let's get her photos out of here. And he's like, no, no, let's, let's, uh, let's get Ben. Let's get somebody from 10 years ago. Let's get him in here. Like what, like, I would love, there's like just one guy in the shot of the movie, like him with his like feet up on the desk of like, no, we're going to go this way. And like, damn it. That's so crazy. It might work. Yeah. Like, I don't know the thought process there. Like, I really don't. Like I would I, love an article, like just like on the, the behind the scenes stuff is really what is fascinating to me. The way people try to control their narratives to me is like that 
to me is the most fascinating part of stories these days is watching people so desperately cling like celebrities cling to how their narrative is shaped. And that's something we've never really, that's like new to this decade and stuff because there is so much like media to shape now, you know, it's not just entertainment tonight and access Hollywood and us weekly and some national Enquirer shit. You have narratives that you can shape everywhere. Now there's so many platforms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's what I always say about like us weekly and people magazine. Like whenever you see little fluff pieces, it'll be like an exclusive interview, like, you know, with like summer house stars, for instance, you know, that's PR where like Bravo or the summer house people's like PR people will set up an interview and they get some sort of exclusive and it might just be a silly, like, you know, Luke talks his favorite condom brand. Like, I don't know. That's just a silly example, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) They get the PR. <laughs> That's why when you when you read stuff like in Us Weekly about celebrities, you're not getting you know the hard hitting like journalism where they're like investigating anything. It's really just PR fluff. Yeah. So I do. Yeah, I appreciate hearing about behind the scenes stuff too because I don't work in PR. I I'm privy to what goes on with PR, but like I don't work in it. Like I'm always fascinated by that stuff too, for sure. I do. Um, I feel like it should be like. Um, What's that app that you can like get somebody to like hang shit on the wall? TaskRabbit. TaskRabbit. I, I have a guy. I have a TaskRabbit guy who I love. Yeah. I mean, did you get a crush on him? Like the no. bad it moved? Uh, I actually was watching Beverly Real Houses of Beverly Hills while he was putting my bed frame together. And his name's Mark. I love him. <laughs> and he's just this big, he just puts furniture together. So he's like this big, like, you know, it's like you can order just like a dad basically to like help you put furniture together. And he brings a toolbox. And I was like, have you seen this show? Watching Real Houses of Beverly Hills. And it was like season four with Carlton. Like, oh, <laughs> um, but the task rabbit, I feel like there should be task rabbits for like low level PR. Like I'm in a jam. I killed a hook. Or like who can help me get out of this PR wise? And like that's a task rabbit category. Oh wait, Mike. Sorry, Lady of the Night. Mike oh, sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll vamp. I'll vamp. Hey guys, this is a great time to let you know to rate me five stars on Apple Podcasts. To follow Sophie Ross on Instagram and Twitter. Always support her writing, which you can find out on her Twitter. Oh, we should have gotten the KFC guy on the podcast. That would have been a huge exclusive. I know, that would have been lit. Oh my god. Too bad. Um, two last things about summer house. So I wanted to go back one, somebody wrote me had a comment and I, I died, but this, I was thinking about being desensitized to a lot of things because I watched so much of this shit. Um, some woman goes, uh, I love, I, I think she said something nice. Like I I really love this. I like your show a lot. Can you please stop um, saying finger banging as much as you do? And I was like, fuck yeah. Like I do. Cause Lindsay on summer house says, you know, like, and I guess you're right. Like I probably it's rubbed off on us. I probably shouldn't be saying it as much as I do. I'm so desensitized it's to it. It's such a visceral term. I know, like, and everyone it's like such hates a, it. It's like a word that rolls off the tip of my tongue. Which I, anyways, I'm so sorry for saying finger banging that much. I'm gonna really try to rein that in. I appreciate Rated that it. comment. And then the other thing was that remember Stephen from the first couple seasons of Summer House. Stephen McGee. Yeah, he was on a clubhouse. Uh, Dumois was doing a clubhouse, and she she even used like a voice manipulator. And I was emailing with Dumois. I yeah, didn't know yeah. That. I, yeah, I didn't know any of this. I haven't been keeping up with Dumois as much. I think I'll. Yeah, I think yeah. So, but Stephen was on there, and he, I just I always feel bad for people that still try to 
you know, it's like years gone by. This person's not affiliated with the show anymore, but he still wants to come on as like a source. Cause you know, Dumois was like, well, a couple questions for you. Are you going to go to Kyle and Amanda's wedding? And he's like, well, you know, I don't know. And I, I I don't think he's going to even be invited. Why would he even be invited? He's so not relevant. And it was just, it was just, it was just interesting. And I was just thinking about all those Bravo stars once that like limelight kind of goes away and still trying to have that cachet. Like I saw Steven yeah. in a photo with Kristen Doty eating at Sir a couple weeks ago. And I was like, that's wild. They just like get together and try to like feed off each other's like little celebrity that they have left in some ways, right. you know? Like it's Yeah. It's like all the, it, it actually is kind of like a sad existence, like being like an ex Bravo celebrity. Cause it's like, what do you do after that? You know? What did you think of the the Vanderpump Rules uh, two little teasers that they showed uh, out of nowhere on Lisa Vanderpump's Overserved? It is not the Vanderpump. So Ariana, I guess, said that they haven't even really started filming yet. Like those were just like to tease. Yeah, did I tell you that? Or I think Ariana said that on. Well, okay, um... so well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess, I don't know if I'm. Allowed. I I DM'd with Ariana the other day because I had posted that. And she, I mean, she just said, she, I mean, let me find, she said, um, she said, it's so funny. We only filmed those two things. They didn't even tell us what it was for. And, um, and she went on to say, but they officially start filming on the fourth, which I think is Tuesday. And what I gather is they're just as much in the dark as we are like in the terms of who's like, they know like, Oh, I'm filming with this person on this day, but they're kind of in the dark, what the overall theme is I'm getting, which kind of worries me because I would think for this, or at least if I was involved, I would have a strong plan in place of what I'm trying to, to try to convey with this new season. But I was really relieved, which, cause I was sit like, Oh fuck, they've been filming for a month. So that means we do have to get Lala's whole birth in there. We have uh. to get Sheena. Like, and I was like, I would have rather started with like, you know, if you're going to do that, even Sheena in labor and start there and go from there. And I was like, we have a month back. And also I'm kind of tepid about having Lala and Rand in it. When I know they're such good friends with Stassi and Jackson, all that shit. I feel like no, it's like I'm shocked a foot that in both party lala didn't even have a story what was lala's storyline last season she didn't even have a just story being line. mean to raquel just being mean yeah. to raquel she just was just she said in she said <laughs> guys just to put it like she couldn't even argue with raquel that well she made no sense she made no sense to the point where stassi was even like girl what are you doing like i mean like it was it just that one party she really came for raquel and it was really nice to find raquel find her voice like one of michael vick's Pitbulls, Pit yeah. Um, I mean, here's somebody that's made a career out of just saying brash things. So I feel like that doesn't give you the best base on which to. And I also have a theory about Lala. I believe she buys followers and she buys likes. What I just have a theory because she always seems to have the most likes for somebody that I don't know. I just have a weird. I could be completely wrong, and I'm sure if. Anybody in her camp is listening. They'll tell me I'm completely wrong. I just That's get an interesting theory. I'm going to have to start paying attention to that. Cause I, just I don't get a follow Lala. I find her insufferable. Yeah. I don't follow her, but I'll go check it out sometimes. Um, and ran, ran blocked me. Cause I compared him to the 90 day fiance guy and also said, that did he, he like, really, he blocked you. Yeah. I, yeah. He must I mean, hate that so much. Well, I would hate God. Who, who's going to hate 
who's going to love hearing that they have a weak chin? Who's going to love hearing that they're dating somebody that's better? Nobody's going to love that. Nobody's going to love that. You know, I understand that. I would do the but same thing if I was bad saying, and we're going to keep doing it. No, so. no, 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 no. I don't. <laughs> Jesus is like lay off on Rand. Um, okay. A couple of other things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I'm hearing news that Mauricio and PK from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills have gone into business together. Did you hear this? I did not hear that. Okay, so this, you know, we of course have seen their um, their friendship blossom on Instagram and it's kind of, PK has kind of used Mauricio's like, you know, we all love him, the fan base for the most part. And PK has really, I think, noticed this and capitalized off of this. So yeah. Daily Mail reports an exclusive, good job, Daily Mail, uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills husbands, Paul PK Kemsley and Mauricio Omansky team up to take the agency to London and plot major reality TV series. So the newly minted business partner partners will open up a branch of the wildly successful real estate firm in London's West End. Uh, insiders reveal that the UK arm of the agency will also serve as a home base for an upcoming reality series starring PK and Mauricio. So what are so your thoughts on in this? London filming this? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's weird. Like, I'm surprised that Kyle would be like, okay with that. Well, I mean, at this point, I feel like now it's like, I feel like a lot of these people feel like, well, now we're trying to build an empire. Now we're really, we're trying to give something. And the agency shot to fame in the last decade in terms of real estate in Los Angeles and really has, he really has created a very real thing to the point where I'm like, why do you need this dude? Why do you need this? I feel like this is where, you know, your rumors come from. That's well, also, I feel like this highlights that shit. Like you're going to eventually get in trouble if your morals aren't like on point. If you are cheating around for any way, it's going to get fed, like found out the more exactly. your profile raises. Like I love Stoner Mauricio that we don't really know if he really cheats all the time. Like I don't want to find that out because it would be painful to hear that he did that because I, I do like him. Nice now, Jewish boy. Nice Jewish boy. Yeah, but, is what I want to see him as. And PK, it's fascinating. PK, uh, not even rumored, has had a lot of financial difficulties. And like, I feel like PK needs this. Yeah. Like he needs this. He so needs I'm it. fascinated. That, that's what I'm saying. That's why I want to know, like, did Mauricio do this as a favor? Is it, did, did PK pitch it to Mauricio? Of Like, I just need your name. I want to know the behind the scenes on this stuff. But would you watch this reality uh, show? Um. I would be curious. I'd be more curious to watch it than, you know, overserved. Like, and that overserved, it's just not for me. I, I've I watched a couple I couldn't episodes. Even, I knew they were going to do the Vanderpump preview, and I still couldn't get myself to watch it. It was so bad. She's like, tonight we're going to make some roasted potatoes and a dog. Yeah. Um, so yeah, overserved is just not my cup of tea. If it, if you guys like it, that's awesome. It's not really getting good ratings, so we'll see. Um, I wanted to also talk about some John Mayer news. Um, two hours ago, John Mayer and Cassie David spotted hanging out. That's not the news I wanted to talk about, but it just popped up. The pals were photographed dining on sushi. They're friends. Side. They're friends though. So I'm no. Like- they're both really funny. I w- did you read Cassie David's book? I read that, you know, those awful excerpts of it. I did. I listened to the audiobook and 
I just have to say, like, I think she, there were really funny parts or like funny ideas in it. But I think when you're doing that kind of memoir, I don't, you know, also, I don't think that is for me and an older man to probably like, so I would love to hear like a 20 year old woman's opinion on that. But for me, it just kind of struck as like, you know, she's funny in some things, but it kind of just like, was like, Oh, you're really young. Like this comes off as like really young thinking, you know? Well, it was like the way that people were talking about her calling her the next Nora Ephron. No, it's so far from that. I love Nora Ephron (laughs) and maybe she'll turn into that, but it, you know, and you also have to beware of anybody that keeps telling people they're an old soul. You're like, I'm a 75 year old man inside. Like, is that, no, what she says, is that what she says a lot in the book? Yeah. It was always oh, like, I've God. always been an old soul. And I'm like, yeah, we, I've, you know, that's another uh, thing when you're young, you always say I'm an old soul. Like I, I, you know, I, I think I used to say that about myself. The thing I wanted to talk about though, was that later with John Mayer, a uh, Grammy winning musician may get his own talk show on Paramount plus um, they, he is re- reportedly in talks to do a talk show based on a popular BBC series called Later with Jules Holland, which actually is a great show. The show would be a talk show with a performance component featuring performance segments as well as interviews with musicians, artists, and other cultural figures in a setting designed to look like an after-hours club for musicians. Would you watch this show? What do you think? Uh, Have you forgiven John Mayer for his past transgressions? I I love that idea. I just, in general, think that John Mayer is a hilarious person on social media. Like, he is actually genuinely funny and could probably be a comedian. So, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely funny enough to have, like... Oh, he's he's funny. Like, legitimately, he's funnier than most. I mean, I think he is funnier than a lot of... It pains me to say that I think he's funnier than a lot of people that do this professionally. The things that I... I mean, like, this is why when you're into pop culture and you know, your, your memory is long is that, you know, John Mayer's career now has been, you know, 20 plus years. And, you know, after reading the Jessica Simpson uh, or listening to the Jessica Simpson book, you know, it really paints him in an unflattering light, but not, not trying to, it felt very honest that she was telling her side of the story and that, you know, and then also, um, you know, he had that infamous playboy article where he called, um, he, he said the N word, I think, like, I, I, I believe, remember that the playboy article where it was he also said the, his penis is a white supremacist. His penis was a white supremacist. And I think there was another comment and that also was sexual the sexual napalm, sexual napalm. Yeah. So, but if you, you're going to make some horrific mistakes, especially in the public eye. Um, and he seems like a very, at one point was a very ego driven, you know, very egotistical person. I mean, do, but I also think there is room to grow. Is there, I think there is room to grow. I do I like John shown, Mayer. He's shown lots of growth. He's not, in my opinion, he's not the same person he was in like 2005, nor like, should we expect him to be, you know, like people well, grow. Yeah. He's in his forties now, I believe. So like, yeah, I mean, I think that he has been relatively unproblematic from what I've seen for the past, you know, decade. Hey, that's all. If you, if you get 10 years in, you're forgiven. You know, um, the only two men I've ever, the only two men I've ever tried to picture, um, in sexual situations, this is exclusive John Mayer and Andy Cohen. I, I hate, I know this is offensive, but I hate that. I like every time I see them be buddies, I'm always like, I bet they've touched penises. I know they have. Do you think they have? 
okay, yeah, I kind of do, but like in a cool artistic way. Like I bet Andy's like, yeah, let's try it out. See if you like it, you know? And John, I feel like thinks of himself as such a deep thinker that he's like, yo, it's just feeling right. Like it's just fluidity. And like, I, and by the way, you guys remember that one new year's Eve where uh, John Mayer was tongue kissing with Perez Hilton. Do you guys, are you guys old enough to remember that? Oh yeah. Oh, it was when he was dating Jessica Simpson. He was in a New York club on New Year's Eve with Jessica Simpson. Just type in Perez Hilton and John Mayer tongue kissing. And I remember that. And I feel like John Mayer's like, I'm an adult, you know, like I, I can, you know, like doesn't. And by the way, he's right. It doesn't mean shit. Everybody can kiss and do whatever to anybody. But I, I hate that I can't just let them be friends. I hate that I'm like, I need there to be, I don't need, but I picture there being a sexual component to that relationship. There have been rumors about that for a while. So I wonder. I think I started them. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm curious for sure. They are. They do seem at the very least to be good friends. Yeah. Um, Oh, wait. Oh, God. I keep I needed your opinion on this. I forgot to ask you. The Sierra of it all of it came out that Luke had blocked her for eight months because, you know, he was rekindling with his ex. How did the fuck do you think Sierra got on the show? Like, so did he unblock her to ask her to be on it? Like, I need to know more specifics about that relationship. I really don't understand. I don't don't understand understand. either. How did they become talking again if he blocked her for eight months? And then how does the concept of being on the show even come up? I don't know. I think it's very unclear. And I would like some clarity there. Um, I did see that Sierra, like insinuated I guess in some of the behind the scenes footage from the reunion she was like I just want to have you know fun again this summer we can come back and you know be friends again it's like who are you friends with besides Hannah and Paige like I don't know who Sierra is she doesn't speak to Luke which I it does sound like they have a lot of complicated history which I don't know why they didn't go into that more on the show Sierra will be there next season regardless because of the the Carl comments of Carl saying she's the most beautiful girl in the house and vice versa, which which cracks me up of like, Sierra, you went in there potentially thinking you were going to keep hooking up with Luke and you thought, and and it really made me paranoid. I'm like, are all girls just looking at other guys even when they're with a guy and they're always like, that guy's better looking than the guy I'm with. Is that always happening? Yeah. Oh God. Are you kidding me, Sophie? That's horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's just evolution, I guess. Oh, God. We have to have the alpha male. So you're saying when Rand and Lala walk into a place, Lala is always going, whoa, that guy's better looking than my dude. Well, that guy's better looking than my dude. Well, that guy's better. You think that's happening? I guarantee Lala, you know, eyes other guys. And I don't know, you know, what she does on the side. But, you know, I don't know. Um, I do want to point out to you that guess who Rihanna has followed. We all know oh, Rihanna. Danielle. Danielle from Summerhouse. Rihanna now follows Danielle from Summerhouse. How does this Rihanna get it? How does she get it so good that she always follows? She guys, she doesn't she mass follow opinion. Bravo Lebs. She's an opinionated Bravo person. Mm-hmm. And I love her for that. How smart is that to follow Danielle? What a beautiful thing that is. That that really, I don't know why that like filled me with hope. I was like, Rihanna gets it, you know? Yeah, I think it's because Danielle, like, she never was the breakout star of Summer House. Even like people, people could argue that this summer was like her breakout or this season was her breakout season, which it definitely was. 
she still wasn't like the center of attention. She's the voice of reason, which is like, you kind of need that. You need that to balance out like the crazy center of attention people that, you know, like Kyle, for instance, like I think that Rihanna, it seems like with Heather Gay, she follows Heather. I'm trying to think of who else she follows, but I she think follows she, Whitney. She follows. Um, and by the way, Whitney is a new Savage Fenty mm-hmm. ambassador. Move over, Erica Jane. Your time is done here. Whitney from Salt Lake City is a Savage Fenty ambassador. She made her first post on Saturday. She looked beautiful. Uh, congratulations to Whitney. I, I feel I imagine that's huge for somebody like Whitney. Uh, I know they're very excited. I know Heather loves it. Rihanna follows them. That's really cool, you know? Yeah, no, I'm definitely happy for her with that partnership. I am curious to see how she's going to navigate the whole Jen Shaw situation because I think we saw the selfies of Whitney and um, and Heather with Jen Shaw. And it's like, you don't want to align with that. I, I'm just curious how that's all going to play out. Yeah, I mean, did you? what did you think of Jen Shaw posting a photo of her with like blonde hair? where it looked like she was like on the witness protection program, you know? She freaking needs a reality check. Like she's going to prison probably. I, I, I think it's such magical thinking to film an entire season. But at the same time, I got to tell you, I'm really curious to watch this. Like there's going to be potentially scenes with Jen that have nothing to do with her going to jail. And I'm just all, the whole thing I'm going to be watching is I wonder what Jen's thinking right now. I wonder if she's right. Like, you know, like I'm not going to be able to think about anything else, but Jen going to jail for that entire season, it's you know, take over the entire season. I, like, I mean, kind of season. Well, I, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills will be the true test on how they handle this shit. I think how we, and how we see it received by the audience. I think it'll be fascinating. Fascinating. Um, uh, okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. Th- this I wanted to talk about your opinion of uh, a couple more things before we leave. Pop culture is a is not s- circular. It's a flat line. Like I feel like it's a flat circle. There's no like. Well, no, it is cyclical. Is that pop culture? Now that we have decades and decades upon it, we see the same shit happen again and again. Just like Olivia Rodrigo, we've had like. Everybody has their early 20s pop song songstress that speaks to them, whether it be Alanis Morissette, whether it be Olivia Rodrigo. And the same thing with couples. You know, you had Benifer, you had Baniston, you had Brett. You know, like we always have these same things happening again and again. Is there any new unique pop culture standpoints that is this decade and this decade alone? Wait. What do you mean? Like a pop culture? Like, what do you mean? Give an example. So I, I just mean like when we are amazed at like um, a cheating scandal or, uh-huh. um, uh, you know, is that you, I was just thinking about Benifer. I was thinking about like how many relationships I've forgotten about that have been like in the white hot media spotlight. Like I rem- I was thinking about how big Benifer was or mm-hmm. I was talking about even Jennifer Lopez's. Uh, I talked about it this week with Lex Nico about how big her butt was. And like, that was the first, butt. like that was in terms of butt discourse, it's been like completely now scrubbed from the internet history. And the Kardashians now like take claim to like big butts. But for a time, you guys, it was all about JLo's ass. And like, I don't even mean it to be funny. Like it was talking about South park, Jay Leno, late night host. It was like all jokes about JLo's ass. Even like, that's where that shot from Ben Affleck in the music video for love. Don't cost a thing was you know, him like running suntan lotion on her butt. And 
we've seen now. It's just like, it's just funny. We like, we forget that these things have happened in the past. Like we've talked about other butts. We've talked about other relationships. We've talked about, and you start to see these things of like every decade. I just was wondering if there are any real changes. And I was wondering if it, in that sense is, is it the Kardashians and how hard they change their looks? Is that new to this decade? I guess. Yeah. I would say that the whole, like just Instagram, like the social media aspect of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we talk about, you know, the Kardashians, their show is ending. Like, how are they going to be relevant? It's like, they still control social media. Like they have hundreds of millions of followers on Instagram. I mean, unless people start rapidly unfollowing them. I'm like, they're just always going to be relevant because of social media, the power of Instagram, which like wasn't a thing. Like even when the Kardashians came on the scene, it wasn't a thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 uh, I don't know. I just keep thinking about that because the Benefer thing had me thinking back to like all the stories about them and all like, you just start to like, you know, even people like John Mayer, but like JLo has been in the public eye so long that it is interesting. Like these histories of these celebrities and they're still coming up with like potentially new storylines or what we, or what a younger audience thinks of as a new storyline when it's like, yo, I've been around for all of JLo's relationships, you know, like a rod don't mean shit. I've been around since puff daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right. Right. And I mean, I wish that JLo again, I wish that she would just realize that she doesn't have to do all this stuff. Like she's JLo. Like she's, she's always going to be JLo. Like, yeah. Like she's better off without, like, she doesn't need an A-Rod. She doesn't need an Affleck. She doesn't need a, I mean, like she doesn't need any of that stuff. Like she's at a point where we've almost convinced ourselves she's a good singer. I mean, like she's at the pinnacle, you know, like she's at the top mountaintop. Yeah, no, exactly. That's why it's like, it just, it cheapens. I feel like it just cheapens her whole brand doing these, like, I don't know, just all of the drama surrounding like A-Rod and now the Ben Affleck photo shoot. I'm like, oh my God, like, come on, give it a rest, J-Lo. Uh, did you see the Billie Eilish photos for Vogue magazine? Yeah, she looks amazing. It's yeah, just you- such a different look for her. She looks amazing. So she dyed her hair blonde, which of course was a huge uh, news story on So Bad It's Good. But now she is in form-fitting clothes on the cover of Vogue and did a whole photo shoot where she looks gorgeous. And it really matches her voice. She has such a sultry, like, torch song singer voice. And these photos are just classic. She really reminds me of a... Uh, like a 40s movie star, just kind of that glamour and the the eyes and things like that. I just, I'm really, and I hear this new album is a lot of potential ballads and something very different, but I love when artists do that. I love, like, she's she's signifying that she wants to be in this for the long haul by stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's how you, like, get attention. If she If she had just done her normal look on that cover, like, no one would really, we'd be like, oh, she looks good. But, like, it's just such a different look for her that it's like, oh, wow, she really is like making a statement here. Like, we'll see. It seems like it's like it might be the new a new era for her. Like, we'll see. Yeah. Um, we're uh, I think this will be our fight. Where were you this week when you saw the Housewife All-Stars TikTok that Melissa oh, Gorka started? My God. And we see everybody try. We see all of these Housewife All-Stars do a TikTok dance. And of course, I'm going to ask you, who stood out to you in this Housewives All-Star TikTok? There's only one answer. There it is. What is Ramona Singer? I mean, how does this woman, she is 
the Housewives version of J-Lo. How do you stay so relevant decade after decade? <laughs> this lady is giving us everything. All these ladies were trying to do a choreographed dance. Ramona was on another planet with what she was doing. Like a, there was like a luau thing happening, like a um, Maliki you know, like a, it was yeah, very, it was like thriller. <laughs> she was a different, and it was like the only time where I was like, oh yeah, Ramona's an older lady. Like, cause she looks very young. She continues to read like Benjamin Button age. Yeah. But to me, that is what an, I want an episode of All Stars to be is the making of that TikTok. Like, don't I you want to see the making? Yes, I absolutely want to see the making. And I'm just excited to see like their like dynamic because oh, I, there's so many different personalities. It's like, how is this going to like, I'm sure it's going to be fine, but like, I'm, I'm just curious about like what, what sort of drama will like happen? Like, I don't know. Cause we yeah, don't I know mean, their dynamic together. But also in seven days, and they're like literally treating each other like it's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. They've yeah. all gotten so close in a week. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, I mean, that's awesome. And also a very curious step by Bravo and Peacock, where they are having these housewives over post. They are posting everything uh -huh. themselves on their personal accounts, which usually they are not given permission to do. So I think that's I I think it's an interesting tactic. I I love switch ups like that. So I'm curious to see if that works or what the overall strategy for their Peacock shows are. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, also, do you think Bravo could rebrand as like the hate watch network? Like, or like even lean into that of like, you know, you know, you, you love us, but come to hate us. Like, cause we always hate a character in these shows. Well, I feel like people misunderstand the concept of hate watching because people will be like, but don't you hate watch Hannah Burner? It's like, she's not fun to watch. There's a difference. Like, I want to love hate watching. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, there's such a fine line where people like just misconstrue the concept of hate watching that I just like have completely kind of retired that term from my vocabulary. Yeah. I mean, I, I find it interesting. I find it interesting that it is actually such a big thing of people think that is a part of these shows. Like it's, it's, it's just as much a part of loving it as, as hating it. And I just feel like, like sometimes I want, under ever a PR tactic to lean into, hey guys, it's okay to hate the hate people on the show. That's part of liking the show is hating people on well, the show. Well, there has you know? to be like a sympathetic, like even the the villains that we hate, there's something sympathetic about them. You know, like there's always something sympathetic. I never like actually hate hate them. You know, like there's yeah. there's always something. That's what you can separate around. the show and the person usually. Yeah, and I mean, even the stuff they do on the show is never like you know, so, so bad that you can't come back from it. Like, I don't know. I just think that people are like, well, like it pisses me off how everyone is convinced that Bravo will bring back Hannah on Summer House when I just know that won't happen. I know it won't. We should, we should make a bet. We should make a gentleman. Let's make a bet. We can make a bet. Yeah. $20. Which, which are, yeah. $20. I'll bet that she's, she's back on. I'm betting that she's not. Fuck. I need that 20 so bad. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, lastly, Khloe Kardashian has been cheated on again, rumored to have been cheated on by one Mr. Tristan Thompson, cheated on 
clown Kardashian. Um, supposedly, and we even got interviews from this where we find out Tristan has a peekaboo dick. Uh, that that is my I didn't make up that that girl the girl that supposedly did that said and peekaboo dick. Uh, I've, uncircumcised. I've said, un, thank you, thank you, Sophie. Uncircumcised, and that's very specific information that I was not aware of about Tristan before. So that seems reputable. Yeah, no, it is very specific, and um, it also makes sense because I always forget he's Canadian. But like that's like oh yeah he's Canadian. Like, wait, what does that mean? Wait, wait, wait. Do, do Canadians uncircumcised? Circumcision is mostly like an American thing. It's a Jewish thing. And God an bless the USA. Thing. Wow. It's a, uh, yeah, mostly American. It's like you won't find other countries like circumcise their kids. That's so. so I mean, that's a whole other podcast. But um, <laughs> they, 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 but like also. I mean, we all knew this. That's why it's so sad. I mean, we all, none of us, I just was shocked how soon and how dumb this man is. And also like, okay, this is my theory, Sophie. I wanted to like, so Kardashians didn't air this week, even though they said next week on Kardashians on the last episode. Now, do you think I'm literally have not heard any, this is me and my own brain. All of a sudden the Kardashians didn't air on Thursday and they said next week will be the new episode. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But then I started to think if Tristan really did this so far this season, he has gotten a hero edit in the sense of he's gotten to speak his piece. He's gotten to say how much he loves Chloe, how much he's sorry to Chloe. Do you think if this is true, they took that extra week to edit him the fuck out of keeping up with the Kardashians or edit him down entirely? Because he is a huge part of this season on stupid plot lines like let's find UFOs, Chloe. What do you think? That's like a plausible theory for sure. Like I believe that. And as we know, like the Kardashians do everything for their image to protect whatever, like if they think it would be embarrassing to air that episode, you know, fawning over Tristan and like giving him a hero edit now in light of what we know, which does seem very credible. So like, yeah, I can totally see them doing that. And Chloe's back to posting cryptic quotes and like, you know, purple water and stuff like that. So obviously she's in a prison of her oh, own making, but, really like, but also what makes it just, you know, Chloe, if you're listening, I'm sorry, this is happening to you, but also don't come at us. Like come at your man. Like, don't like come at the people close to you. Don't be like, Oh, I make fun of like my weird, you know, edit face things I do, you know, like, but like Tristan, he's right there. The call is coming from within the house, Chloe, you know, I feel like this is like a final straw where it could mentally just like this could like Michael Jackson, Brian Wilson, her like, I don't know how you come back from like this kind of like weird betrayal. It's psychopathic. Well, did you see that, that I guess the girl who he cheated with was like, there's no way Chloe doesn't know. She said something along those lines that Chloe clearly knows. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, is Chloe just okay with it? Like, because she wants her baby daddy around and like wants to give true of another full sibling. Like, I don't know. I don't understand. And I think, again, this is something that's really frustrating about the Kardashians is that they, you know, want to live and die being worshiped by the American public. But it's like, you, you are so like shady. Like they just are never transparent, which with what's actually going on in their life, it's all just produced and filtered and all of it's like, I just don't know what to believe with them. Like it could all just be like, she was only back with him for the storyline for the show. And like, I don't know. 
My it's image all- of like, I love family get togethers now where Chloe's just watching like Travis and Courtney, like fuck at the dinner table. And she's like, I want love like that. You know, like, sure. I mean, that's literally, they can't keep their hands off each other. Like a sex tape has to be forthcoming. Oh my God. Um, I'm sure. Uh, well, Sophie, you have done it again. It's never enough time with Sophie Ross, guys. Uh, you love her. You know her. Go follow her if you don't. Uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, she is an inter- internet presence. And uh, we uh, we will promote anything that she writes. So always keep a look out for those things. Um, Sophie, anything this week that you're looking forward to pop culture wise? Anything in the... I guess just um, Summer House Reunion Part 2 and Top Chef. Um when you said you were watching Cool Summer, I saw. Is that a, a good yes. show? Yes. Oh, my God. It's so good. Wait, I don't know when the new... They only have, like, three or four episodes out right now, and I it's need It's freeform, more. right? Yeah, it's a freeform original series, so... <laughs> I don't even know how you get sucked into something like... But anyway. I know. I'm like, what? But I, like, that. the Hulu ads are everywhere. So I was like, you know what? This sounds love, like something I'd be into. I love when ads work on people. You know, they I do. love when you look up and you're like... That might help my life. You know, advertising um, is real. It really is. Well, yeah. I want to recommend uh, a show called Extreme Sisters on TLC. It uh, just had its first episode this past week, and the title really tell it is sisters that are extreme. Like they are obsessed with each other. I'm not even talking about twins. There is one group that are twins, but then the others aren't. And the one like sleeps in the bed with the other girl's boyfriend and her, the one, the two sisters from, I think it's New Zealand. They have the same boyfriend and they, they talk and they try to complete each other's Like They try to talk at the same time. So they, it is one of the weirdest and all in all and all like uh full disclosure I, I smoked a little pot and i watched it and it it was that point when you're you're like is this the best thing i've ever seen in my life i it was just so bizarre and i thought it was like it was just hysterical and weird i don't know so i i'm going to try the second episode and see if it's still that way but it was so bizarre extreme sisters on tlc and i'm also hearing pig royalty is good on discovery network pig royalty i saw had higher way higher ratings than overserved and i was like what is this show yeah i think it's on uh the discovery app i'm not sure but i got to check that out too uh but sophie anything else coming up that we need to know for you um no just stay tuned for like yeah some new writing and stuff that i'm gonna post yeah anything you'll post we'll post on the so bad it's good instagram uh thank you guys for supporting us and we will talk to you next week thanks bye guys (laughs) i never know what to say i know and then i always like where do i cut uh i'm so awkward bye betches